Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlositev, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with the lovely co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So we are doing this, if you're watching this, we are doing this live video. You get to see us. Hello. This is what we look like all the time when we podcast. (laughs) And we're so excited because if you're watching the video, you will see that we have a super special guest, someone we have been dying to get on the podcast, and we're just so honored to have him here. So welcome, Tyler J. McCall, to the Product Boss Podcast. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited that you're here. So I told Tyler, I was like, Tyler, you are the person with all the answers for our listeners, right? Because... So many of you ask us about Instagram or social media or what to do, how to get your product out there, how to bring followers into your Instagram, and then ultimately how to like increase your visibility and get sales. And so Tyler will help us with as many things as he possibly can in this short time with us and basically share the Instagram secrets that you have. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to do that. So um, welcome. So tell us a little bit about you uh, for listeners that aren't familiar yet with you. Yeah. So uh, what I do now is nowadays is I help entrepreneurs, creative, small business owners use Instagram in a more genuine and intentional way so they can grow their presence online and grow their business and grow their impact in the world. So I haven't always done this. I've been uh, using Instagram for marketing since the end, since probably the middle of 2015. Um, I was working a full-time job in the nonprofit world when I started a handmade business, making a room and linen spray on my kitchen table and like printing labels at work, (laughs) (laughs) packaging them up and like going to little stores in town and getting my first wholesale clients and going to craft fairs and trunk shows, like doing everything. And I ran that business for almost a year and was doing that on the side and started picking up other people's Instagram accounts, running those for them, left my full-time job. And then I've been doing this ever since 2016. So yeah. Yeah, so that's what I do now. I run a, an online community called the Follower to Fan Society where we educate entrepreneurs and business owners on how to do this themselves, how to post on Instagram, what content to create, how to grow their following, and how to turn their followers into fans and sell to folks using Instagram. That's and cool. I'm, I'm in that community just so everybody knows. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, so you have a little bit of product background then, huh? I do. I have a little bit of product background. Yeah, y'all, full transparency, I didn't love running a product-based business. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, what is this cost of who sold what, where, what is, what, you're only going to pay me $6 for this thing wholesale? What? What? (laughs) Yeah, it is. uh, We always say it's sort of like being on an island. You're on your own as product-based entrepreneurs, especially in the sea of information that's really Mm service-based. And so um, that's why I think people have really been drawn to this podcast because we're speaking to people who understand cost of goods and wholesale to retail prices and like, 
literally your kitchen being your factory and you know, <laughs> boxes on your laundry uh, because you yeah. have to ship out. Yeah, yeah whole when I was making set of struggles. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I was making my product, I was like always obsessively watching Shark Tank. <laughs> That'll be me one day. And then they'll be like, but what, what makes you different? And then I'll, I'll, I won't have anything to say and then I won't get any money. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift this business model. <laughs> Yeah. So then for the people that are doing this then, and they're, and you know, so really what's happening is that our listeners know that they have to increase their visibility mm-hmm. and with a product-based business, how do you do that? So I guess just starting off, especially like if you were to tell Tyler some years back um, when you had your linen spray, what would you, how would you tell them to kind of get started on this? Yeah, totally. So one cool thing that that did work for me then, and this is what really helped me understand Instagram and what what I'm able to teach now is that Instagram is a really, it's a platform that's all about relationships. And I know that seems, it can seem kind of overwhelming because you have a lot of things going on, right? A lot of things that you have to do in your business. So how do you have relationships with people on an app on your phone when you're trying to deliver orders and take tiny humans to school and swim practice and like do all the things, right? So Instagram is a platform that's all about relationships, but you can you can scale relationships with people by being really intentional about the content you create, how you post it, when you post it, and then from there driving traffic to particular places on Instagram. So I'm a big fan on Instagram of trying to keep your followers as native to the platform as possible, mainly because that's what Instagram does really well. Instagram's not Pinterest. It's not Google. It's not even Facebook. It does not drive traffic well. So what I mean by that is Instagram doesn't give you a lot of places to send people off of Instagram. And even when you can, it's not necessarily as intuitive because their built-in browsers kind of wonky, like all these things happen. So for you as a business owner and a content creator, because I believe for most of us as business owners who are kind of running the show, you know, on our own, we may have a small team, but at the end of the day, like it's us, we're also content creators. So we need to understand how to step into that role of a content creator on Instagram. So that means we create really specific content for a very specific person. And we use that content as a way to build relationships and to drive action all within Instagram. And when it comes time to things like building a mailing list or getting people to a sales page or a product page, you can do that through Instagram. But the most effective way to do it is going to be a little bit more intentional and a little bit less here's the thing, if you want it, go buy it. So that's where we start talking about DM strategies and getting people to direct message and how you can share products through the DM and talk about a product that way, answer product questions, all of that, all within Instagram. And then it becomes a really powerful tool for your business. No wonder that a lot of our clients will say that they don't get any sort of action on a swipe up because Mm -hmm. people don't want to leave. They want to stay native to Instagram. So, you know, if you send them a DM, they're still native to Instagram. And then if you um, do the question thing, like, hey, ask Mm -hmm. me anything, those are really powerful. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, no wonder. That's true. I don't ever swipe up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, People are always asking me, like, how do I get to 10K? And I say, well, like, I can kind of help you get there. But as someone who's had 10K, because they want the swipe up, right? Mm -hmm. And as someone who's had the swipe up for a long time, it ain't that special, right? Like, it doesn't drive that much traffic because people don't want to leave Instagram. They want to binge their Instagram stories. They want to look at, they want to watch videos of cookies being decorated. And they want to, like, see what Kim K is up to. Like, that's what we're doing on Instagram, right? We're not necessarily there 
to, to always buy a product. But Instagram is introducing lots of things to make it easier for product-based businesses. So product tagging in Instagram stories and in the post is available now. They're even experimenting with, uh, they're actually testing in certain markets, a separate Instagram shopping app just for products where you can have an app almost like uh, I can't, it's totally leaving my mind like right now, but that app where you can resell clothes, you know, the one I'm talking about. Poshmark. Uh, Poshmark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that where someone taps on a product and it pulls you into like Instagram shopping app. So I think we could see some evolution there where it's still really native, really easy. You know, a lot of times what I see people running into is you swipe up and then you go to like a product page and then, you know, if you, you have to like find your credit card or for me, I'm at a place now where like, if it doesn't take Apple pay, I'm like, oh, y'all, I got to type in a number. I can't just look at my screen and buy this. Right. So what's going to work really well for you on Instagram as a product-based business is driving people to the DM to have conversations with them and then directly sending them the links to things that they want to buy. And so just relying on the swipe up all the time. So let's talk about that. How would you get yeah. someone to go to the DM to chat with you? Okay. So there are a few things that need to happen before then. So the first thing we need to think about is the fact that getting someone to direct message us about our product is, it's a little bit of work for them, right? It's not necessarily like the easiest thing for them to do. So what do we need in place before they actually do that? Well, we need them to have a relationship with us and we need them to trust us. So to get them to that point, we need to create some content that is telling our story that is telling the business story that is weaving in your personal story as much as you feel comfortable and confident. And I will tell you that sharing personal stories is going to help you get further um, as opposed to brands where it's just this kind of like faceless, nameless brand. Um, so once you do that, you start sharing story. That's where people can find those, those kind of common connections with you. And then you need to start getting your audience to engage in ways that are a lot more simple than a direct message. So the best place for this is through the polling feature on Instagram stories, using the slider poll and then the two option poll, just to get them to start clicking on your stuff. That's it. And then from there, you can start using the question box on Instagram just to get them to get like familiar with typing something in on your Instagram story. And then start using calls to action in your post in the feed. So saying double tap if you agree or comment your favorite whatever below and driving some interaction there. And then once you've done that, and here's the thing, this takes some time, right? It takes some time to get your audience building up these habits. I encourage folks when they start doing this intentionally, give it at least a quarter, give it three months of really intentional content, driving action, driving engagement, um, engaging with your followers as well. And then you'll get to the point where you can say, hey, we have this new thing that we've just introduced. If you want to learn more, send us a direct message. Or if you want to see how this works, send us a direct message. Or if you want to learn how you can use this product, send us a direct message. And from the DM, you can do things like sending them to a video tutorial about the product, sending them to a landing page where maybe you have an opt-in where you're doing a discount code or you're doing some kind of other free resource about your product or sending them directly to the product page. Um, but it's going to take some work and, and just and getting really creative with your calls to action too. I, I see a lot of people just saying like, Hey, if you want to buy this thing, DM me. It's like, okay, well y'all let's <laughs> do a little bit more here. <laughs> okay. So like make it a little more interesting. Make it tease things a little bit more or get people more engaged in what you're doing or, or build in some like, uh, some like anticipation for what you're going to share and then drive those people to the DM to get the answer, to get the resource or to, get the solution to their problem, whatever it may be. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like I know you just by watching your Insta stories. I mean, talking about binging, <laughs> it's like Netflix for real life because mm-hmm. just like Netflix, you don't even have to click on the next video. That next Insta stories just starts up. I see you every single day, Tyler, and you don't even know it. And so <laughs> it sounds a little bit creepy, but you know what? It's building the relationship, what you were talking about. And so it's the brand loyalty and just being familiar with that person's face. Um, then you feel like you know that person and you know their story and um, and you genuinely like that person. You know, mm-hmm. like we had a review the other day on the podcast and they're like, these girls are genuinely likable. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so nice. Like, because that's, I feel like that's the same way with Insta stories. You get really a peek of what somebody's personality is and they may be weird or quirky or, you know, um, different than you, but it, it brings you into, it brings them into your comfort zone, you know, and, and then they become familiar with that and then they buy from you. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to say to you, for folks who are listening, who are watching, who are like, that's all fine and well, but like, I don't want to do, like, I don't want it to be my face. Like, I don't want it to be my voice because maybe I'm building this business to scale. I'm building this business to, to sell, like whatever it may be. It doesn't necessarily have to be, but here's the thing. You're going to get a lot further when you realize that your company needs its own unique voice and personality and brand and approach to sharing content online. I mean, we look at companies like Bando, right? Like making these incredibly fun products that people want to buy and use for different areas of their life. And their business profile on Instagram isn't just a bunch of like boring static graphics or a bunch of things saying, hey, buy this thing. It's interactive. It's fun. It's relatable. It's goofy. It's silly. It's just exactly like their brand. They have different team members representing their brand on the platform. So it doesn't always have to be you, but if you are a brand that's like funny and cheesy and corny, then maybe your Instagram stories, your Instagram feed has more memes or more funny posts or more like pop culture things. Or if you're a brand that's more high end and upscale, then maybe your Instagram stories are more luxurious feeling and your Instagram posts have that feel to them. It doesn't have to be you, but you need to figure out what that distinct, unique personality is for the overall presence on Instagram. So people have something to connect to because without that, you're not going to be able to cut through the noise. You're just going to get lost in all that noise on our platform. So let's talk about that. Um, for the Instagram feed versus the Instagram stories. So for mm-hmm. a product-based business, would you recommend, what would you recommend they actually post within their feed? So we're talking about like shoppable, buyable Instagram um, versus maybe what their their story looks like. Yeah. So in the feed, you definitely want to showcase your product, but don't get in the habit of only posting your product. That's a really, really dangerous thing for product-based businesses. The main reason is because that gets really boring after a while for your followers. And it just starts to feel like you're always pushing something onto them. One of the things that I teach my students and we talk a lot about is the difference between push marketing and pull marketing. And push marketing is where you're just saying, hey, here's this thing, go buy this thing. Do you want this thing? And at a certain point, you're just like, you know, you're just like, Um, Toyota or you're just like Walmart, right? You're just like pushing this thing out all the time. Or pull marketing is where you say, hey, this is what we do. This is why we do it. This is who we are. We're for people like you. We connect with people like you. We have shared value, shared interest. And then also, by the way, we make this thing that could help your life or your family or your home or your business, whatever it may be, right? So if you focus on pulling people in, you're going to get further. And you're just going to be able to build a brand that has more staying power, I think, and just pushing things all the time. 
So in the feed, post your product. Don't just post uh, boring, like static product shots that you're just going to post on your you know, Amazon page or whatever like that. Like uh, do some lifestyle photography. If you need to bring in a photographer or learn some skills or trade or whatever you need to do, get some lifestyle photos that actually show your product in use. We always, when we created content for clients, we were always trying to figure out how we could showcase their product in the wild, like in the world. Um, adding human elements to your photos on Instagram is always going to help them perform better than a static product photo. So doing that will be, will be really beneficial. And then think how you can diversify your content in the feed where you are educating your audience through not just why they need your product and how they use your product, but the overall kind of area of life that your product helps them with. Um, and then content that's inspirational. So quotes or stories of either your customers or your team or yourself that gives them something to connect to. That's really powerful content. And then content that's relatable, right? And this is where it's really important to get clear on your brand's personality because your brand may not ever really be funny online. And that's okay. Like you don't have to be funny. But if your brand is funny, if you're like, goofy and crazy and you want your brand to be that, then have that presence online and create that content. So that's what I would say in the feed. Um, and you can also, you can weave in other things as much as you feel comfortable. Like if you're, if your product isn't necessarily proprietary or your process isn't proprietary, bring people behind the scenes of creating the product, uh, show them what that looks like, show them you packaging orders, that kind of stuff could be really, really helpful. Then in the feed, the feed is where you're going to pull in more content that is more spontaneous, more fun. You can talk about the product like on the feed. You can show people how it works, how to use it. You can talk about your day, like a day in the life of your business. I mean, there's a million different types of content you can create in the feed, but the main purpose of that content is just to form that direct connection with your follower. And as Mina said, is to stay incredibly present for your followers. That's what the that's what stories allow you to do. I love that so much. Brilliant, by the way. I love that whole sharing <laughs> versus pushing. Um, and my daughter, she's in third grade. She's learning how to write. And her teacher always tells her to like share these little moments that you're not telling it, you're sharing it, you know, like that person, mm -hmm. you're describing mm -hmm. it. So that person feels like they're there with you. And it's different than just saying, telling them, right. You know, you're yeah. sharing that moment with them. And so she's learning about all that stuff. And when you were talking, I was like, that is so true. People really resonate with certain descript words that you're using, even if it's just your voice and you know, you don't have to be camera ready all the time. It's literally like, you know, take like what we were talking about, taking a trip to Target and showing us the vacuums they have for sale. Like I not might not even be in the vacuum market, but I might eventually be, you know, which I was. And then it made me think of you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I always felt like that was one of my most like high, most engaging Instagram stories ever. I was on a Target run and I always know the Target runs on Insta stories are going to get great engagement. And then I, I was like, I need to buy a vacuum cleaner. Let me post on my Instagram stories. I had over a hundred direct messages about oh a vacuum God. cleaner. It was ridiculous. All this conversation about what vacuum cleaner I should get. Um, people like while I'm in the aisle, like sending me price matches on Amazon, <laughs> you know, like a Dyson vacuum. It was hilarious. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. 
Yeah, that's so awesome. And it just gets people to just in that lighter mood. I mean, we talk about it that as moms going to get to go on a target run. I was like a living vicariously through you, you know, <laughs> vacuum shopping without my kids. And so it seems silly, but at the same time, it's not something that's like super crazy or out of the box. Like like what you were saying, if you're funny, you're funny. But if you if you're not funny and your brand is not that fun, it's okay. It's okay not yeah. to be like this class clown or something, you know? You don't have to be a wacky Jackie if you're not one. <laughs> That's me. No. And when we had Coach Glitter on as well, she also talked about that, you know, when she does her Instagram, like she'll put a unicorn head on and look like, you know, she's oh, yeah. a very specific personality on Instagram versus other platforms. And so it is that idea of, of sharing because people, I listened to Zach Posen on business of fashion, um, podcast. And he was saying that, you know, his business sort of went under for a while and not until he did project runway and he brought people back in visually. And, you know, it's that like the Kim K situation. She's always my reference point, but where we're watching and we're kind of stalking a little and, um, and the people got brought into the back end of fashion that they started his brand started to go again. And so, um, like as a shout out to, um, Yippie Cone Cake, she's one of our listeners and she does, uh, cake, cone cake holders. You could bake your, um, your cup, those cupcakes and, uh, ice cream cones. And so that would be a great idea for her as if she's showing like cute pictures in her story. And then she says, DM me for the recipe. And then she Mm -hmm. could then send them the recipe through the DM versus just posting it on her story or in her Instagram feed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any, any opportunity you have to do, to do that where you're bringing the engagement into the DM, it's going to be really beneficial. And the other thing too, is, you know, a lot of times as business owners, and and you said this at the beginning, like we hear all the time, we're supposed to be everywhere, right? Like we need to be on all the platforms, creating all the content. Well, most of the content you're creating other places, instead of trying to send people to that content, always bring the content to Instagram. Like if you can break up the the blog post into multiple Instagram posts or into Instagram story topics or into an Instagram live, bring it to Instagram. If you can bring the recipe and send it to someone in a DM, bring it to Instagram. We've really got to get out of this habit of always trying to push our followers off of Instagram to consume our content because they're just not going to do it. So instead, bring the content there and make following you on Instagram a really, really valuable thing for your followers. Mm. Yeah, it's an experience, right? This is exactly what we tell our product people when they're when somebody's opening up a package. They it's an experience for them, and so in a way, they're unpackaging your product on Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. uh, which reminds me, we we're talking about you know what are you known for, right? You're known for Target. I would love to be known for Amazon since I'm such a super fan, a buyer, a seller, a I just talk about Amazon constantly, and I just love it so much. I'm like obsessed with Amazon. So I could actually open up every single, Lord knows I'm getting a package every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. You could do it and people would love it. Oh my God. They would love it. What did Mina buy today? Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know. (laughs) I'm usually like, what's in here? (laughs) It's true. So we also play the, we play the game now because we live in Chicago and we're car free. So we're always playing the game of like, okay, what would it take to like either walk down the neighborhood because we don't have anything like in our neighborhood. So like, okay, I could take a lift to Target or I could order it on Amazon. And then I'm like doing the math in my head of like, what would it take? I could just, <laughs> I'm just going to order it on Amazon. <laughs> Do they have Amazon now? Is that what you mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have Prime now and then we oh, have 
And then so many, I don't know, sidebar, side conversation. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much anything I order off Amazon, I could get same day or next day. Which yeah. I- we don't have that here in Iowa. I miss wow. LA where it was like two hour delivery now deep in Jersey. It's like, Two Sorry. days? That's ridiculous. Two, Two days. days to wait for my whatever dog food. <laughs> so um, this is such like such great information. So you had sort of mentioned tags or hashtags, and I know that you've talked about what people are used to. So coming up with these hashtags, mm-hmm. putting it in their feed. Um, so let's talk about like if they build it, how do they get them to actually come and watch yeah. their stories? Such a good question. So the thing we need to talk about first is that Instagram is really different today when we're recording this toward the end of 2018 than it was a year and a half ago. So I would say a year and a half or two years ago, you could have posted a gorgeous photo on Instagram, put a chunk of hashtags in the caption or the comment and logged off and you would have gotten plenty of likes, plenty of comments and your following would have grown. Instagram doesn't work like that anymore. That's And for two main reasons, partially because there's now this algorithm in place that is determining when people see content. And then mainly because the way that users are using Instagram has changed. And that's the fact that a majority of Instagram's daily active users are on, are on Instagram stories now. Instagram stories actually has more daily active users than Snapchat even has users. Like that's how popular it is. Um, Instagram stories are just where people are hanging out now. So engagement in the feed has tended to be down a little bit because people aren't just scrolling like they did. They're watching stories. And follower growth, I know for a lot of folks, has plateaued or stopped almost entirely um, because people aren't really looking in hashtags anymore. They're not like going out into the Discover tab as much as they used to. They're just watching Instagram stories. So what that means for you is you still need to create really great content in your feed for really specific people. But the big win is that you don't have to post as often in the feed. You know, a lot of business owners are still posting two and three times a day in their feed, and that's not going to really help you get a, get ahead in the algorithm. You can actually post less often. The other thing is now to grow your following, you have to go out and find new followers. So this is what a lot of people are not doing. And I'll be completely honest with you, it takes time. It takes some effort to make this happen. It doesn't always have to be you. You can have someone on your team do it. You can have a VA do this for you. But this just looks like going out of your account, using your account on Instagram, but going out of who you're following uh, and who's following you. I hear a lot of people, I'm like, I say engage more than you post. That's kind of one of my mantras on Instagram. And they're like, okay, I like all the stuff of people I'm following. And I'm like, well, that doesn't help you, right? <laughs> like engaging with people you follow is fun, but that doesn't help you grow your following. I mean, going out into hashtags that your ideal audience is using, going out to other accounts that have a similar audience as you and engaging with their audience, going out into Instagram at locations. So where's your ideal customer shopping? Where do their kids go to school? What coffee shop do they go to? Where do they work? Do they go to a country club? Do they go hiking? What, where do they go to church? Any of those things, right? Going into Instagram and engaging with people who are posting content shared at those locations. That's what I mean when I say engage more than you post and engaging outside of your account. And if you get in this habit, just 20 or 30 minutes a day, and you have great content for a really specific person, your following is going to grow. But 
there were those two caveats, right? You have to have great content for a really specific person. So you have to have complete clarity about who you're trying to reach on Instagram. So having that full kind of persona or ideal client customer in your mind, and then you know the content you're creating for them. So what does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like when I read it? And then when you engage with that ideal person and you bring them back to your Instagram account, it's going to be a no brainer for them to follow you. So we, we have a whole episode on your ideal customer avatar and I teach it to all of mm-hmm. my clients. And then in your, in the um, followers advanced society, that's one of your first things is like the ideal person on your Instagram. And I was like, it was like this aha moment for me where it was like, I didn't even think about my Instagram in the same way that you think about your website or the product for your customer. And so I think that's something you definitely teach about within your courses. And that was sort of like this things just skip, you know, you think, Oh, Instagram's about this, or I'm supposed to show pretty pictures, but you really are just, you want to connect. I had this conversation with a client yesterday and I was like, um, or maybe it was today. I don't know, talking to people all the time, but more or less like her website and her Instagram should feel very similar. Like you mentioned Bandeau. I've known Bandeau for like 15 years. They were, we had the same showroom when I sold, I had Cuffs Couture and we had the same sales rep. Always fun, always delightful, always confetti. You know, it was like confetti on your desk, gold, sparkles, like joy. And you can see that it just, it does. It continues on through everything they do, including their products. Yeah. I love it. That whole experience. Yeah. Like that Instagram should be an extension of like, if you are going to show up as kind of the face of the brand, that Instagram account needs to be an extension of you and your personality. Mm -hmm. If not, and the brand has a really clear personality and point of view, which it should, that Instagram account needs to extend and be that. And I think the Instagram account is really the most approachable form of any social media, right? Like it's the most fun. It's the easiest to get to. It's the easiest for you to grow your following because it's all organic. It's free. It's easy to do, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to contend with like ads and paid traffic on Facebook. You don't have to worry about like people ripping you off or which I always hate this, like on Pinterest, like, Oh my God, let's make this. Or I always say on Instagram, the worst thing you can have as a product-based business is people tagging other people saying we should make this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, don't do that. it's It's not like Pinterest. It's not like, the political cesspool that is Twitter, right? Like Instagram's fun. It's easy. Like it should be the most personable extension of your brand on the internet because it's pictures and videos. That's it. How fun is that? Yeah. I was checking on my phone because I wanted to confirm this because uh, Jen Gotch, she's the founder of Shop Bando. She also has a podcast. It's called mm-hmm. Jen Gotch's Okay Sometimes. And she talks a lot about entrepreneurism and depression and just functioning as a human, basically. You know, it's more of a diary. It's a personal diary. But she doesn't put those on Instagram stories. And that is more the behind the scenes of stuff that's less vulnerable. So I do think that there's things that you can definitely have a different strategy for different things like Mm -hmm. a personal diary podcast and for your Insta stories and your Insta feed. You know, these are whole different decisions that you're making on what you're limiting your boundaries on. For me, it's like, what am I going to share on the podcast about my kids and what I'm going to share on the feed about my kids and what I'm going to share on in stories about my kids. It's okay to have different boundaries for each single one because when you're a product-based business, you know, you kind of have to make that decision. How much of myself do I want to put into there? Do I want to make this eventually, you know, built to sell? Or, you know, it's like looking at the end goal and making those decisions as you go and 
and and it's okay to have different boundaries for each thing for sure. Yeah, I love that. It's such a good reminder too. I get that question a lot. Like, do I have to put my kids on Instagram? Do I have to discuss my partner, my spouse? Do I have no? You don't have to do any of those things. Like, if you want to do those things and you think your audience will connect with them, then sure, go for it. But you're under no obligation to do that. I think it's really cool what Jen's done with Bandeau and that you know I with her like fully stepping into the role as like the you know, this chief creative officer, this person who founded this company and really being able to step back from some of the day-to-day management, she can kind of cast the vision out there. She has a team that delivers that vision and then she's able to pursue the conversations that she wants to have about mental health and entrepreneurship and all of those things. And I'm just obsessed with her and her Instagram stories too. <laughs> See, it works. So we all become fans and you may not be buying bando headbands for yourself, but uh, you're still a fan. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I did recently. I won a Bando sleep mask a few weeks ago. That's awesome. I love it. I've like worn it every night since. And they have like really cute coffee cups and mugs. And Oh my God. So cute. So cute. So um, what would be your favorite tool that you like your favorite Instagram tool? Oh, so I am a purist in that I just use Instagram. Like I think a lot of these, I think a lot of the tools that we can, we use to like create content can kind of be a distraction. Um, I'm a big fan in business of recognizing the things that we do in business to just keep us busy, but aren't really like revenue generating tasks. So for me, like spending a ton of time, like making a pretty Instagram story with like a different app on my phone and adding this and that is just kind of a busy task. Doesn't really do much for my bottom line in my business. So I'm a purist. I love Instagram. I do recommend having some kind of tool that you use your analytics and insights for Instagram. So definitely set your account up as a business account, but then third-party tools, there's like Iconosquare, Plan, Planoly, Later. Tools like that are going to be helpful because a lot of times they'll help kind of conceptualize your insights and make, make a little bit more sense out of them. So you better understand, okay, when it says this number, what does that really mean for my business or for my presence online? So I recommend doing that or even using a tool like that to kind of plan out your content a little more strategically. But other than that, I'm just a Instagram and that's it kind of guy. So as Granny Jackie over here, my new, my new dub name, <laughs> um, <laughs> I am, so the tools, I'm, I don't hang out as much on, on the, uh, the interwebs. So let me ask you a question about video because you do a lot of stories and you're telling stories, right? And so yeah. people are up and you're talking and you're telling them something. It cuts you off at, is it 15 seconds? 15 seconds. So yeah. how do you continue if we were to have a continuous conversation with somebody, do you just keep re-recording it or do you use a tool for that? So for me personally, I just record, like I'm at a point now where I can speak in 15 second increments awesome. without even trying. Um, <laughs> right. I know it just, it's practice like riding yeah. a bike. So I do that, but there are free apps you can use. There's one called story clip. I think it's free or it's like $3 in the app store where you can just upload a video and it'll clip it into 15 second increments. Instagram is testing a new feature within Instagram stories that will auto uh, clip your story. So you can just hold down the button or just press it, record everything, and it will break it into 15 second chunks. So they're testing that right now. We'll see if they roll it out more broadly. But yeah, there's tools you can use to do that. Cool. Yeah. I'm always talking so, so fast and it clips me off in the middle and I start again and I do it again. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite things that Tyler does so well is that he'll do like cliff notes typed out of what he's talking about. I hardly ever have the sound on mostly because I'm sneaking Instagram when my kids are with me and I don't want to be like, well, you know, sharing what I'm, they're always like, let me see, let me see, you know, and, <laughs> and or they're sleeping next to me or something. So I think that that's a huge tip. If you're going to be chatting about something 
like you're one of the few people that consistently puts what you're talking about in like some notes on there. Yeah, always, always. And that started out of a desire to make my content more accessible because I saw, you know, a lot of the content that folks are creating online is not accessible to folks who may not be able to hear or folks who may have a disorder where they can't process things that they're hearing. They'd rather read it or experience it, right? And so I was just creating this content where it was just a talking head all the time. And I was like, wait, this is not very accessible for people. So I started it for that. And then everyone was like, oh my gosh, this helps so much. And it helps my retention on Instagram stories stay really high. And then it's like a topic of conversation on like every podcast I'm on now. So we're just getting more and more people to do it, which I love so much. Yeah. And on top of it, like I'm seeing you talking, but I can't Mm -hmm. hear you. So I'm literally watching you speak, but it's on mute. And then I'm reading what you're saying, you know, people take in different forms a lot easier. Mine is reading. I can read a book in like literally a couple days, you know? So I think that that is so beneficial is that you're hitting all those. And then on top of it, they get to see your face and your expressions and your, Mm -hmm. you know, mannerisms and everything. And I'm like, yes, I know what you're talking about, but I can't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Someone just this week, they DM'd me, they responded to one of my stories and they said, I love the smirk that you do on your first Instagram story of each day. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was a thing that I did, but it was just so, or she was like the smirk that you have on your face, like when you get finished at the gym, because I started exercising now. I'm not an exercise kind of guy, (laughs) but I'm doing it now more often go to the gym. And I'm like, listen, after I do this workout, I'm putting something on my dang Instagram story because I just busted my butt. I'm going to share, I'm going to tell the world that I exercised. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she like pointed that out and she knew that like the facial expression was so crazy to me. I like didn't even think of that. But yeah, having your followers know you that well is such a powerful benefit of Instagram stories. Mina calls it active stress management because just (laughs) getting our butts out of the chair to exercise is a whole other thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's something (laughs) with um, being such a creative entrepreneur, I always think that you have to sweat it out sometimes to, because I'm an introvert too. So I'm so used to internalizing everything that I'm like, when I exercise, I'm sweating it out. I'm getting myself out of my comfort zone and you better bet your bottom dollar. I'm telling the world about it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then I'll be like at the gym again. Like I do it every day. (laughs) Um, It's just the same Instagram story. You just recycle (laughs) Why are you wearing the same outfit every day? (laughs) I think that one of the things I want to point out that you do so well is that you have such great intention. So you intentionally put target in your stories. You intentionally put dance parties in your story. So people are used to a certain thing from you and they become so invested in you. I mean, so invested, you know? And um, I think that that's one of the things is of seeing the end goal, right? Seeing like the end plan of how people do things. And um, tell us a little bit about how you chose what you wanted to be known for. (laughs) Oh, I love that question. You know, I think there were things that were very genuinely and honestly me, like none of of it's contrived. Um, You know, for a long time, for a long time, a lot of people talked about uh, Instagram and how to be successful on Instagram, you have to be authentic, right? That was kind of the buzzword of maybe a couple of years. And I really took the stance that a lot of the authenticity we were seeing online was very contrived and it was very, uh, it was designed authenticity, right? So I was like, I don't want to contribute to that. I want things to be true to me that I actually want to share about. And then thinking really thinking really strategically about what are the things that my audience will connect with. So for me, my audience is predominantly female. They're predominantly like 28 to maybe 45. Um, They're creative folks. A lot of them are moms. Um, 
they love Target. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. Like, they love Target. Um, and I love Target, right? So it was a really, it was, it was a, a way for us to find common ground. And so the cool thing about sharing stuff like that, that's personal and interesting to you, things that you can be known for, it does two really important things. The first thing is it keeps you, it keeps you top of mind when people aren't thinking about your product or what you do. So when people are at Target, they're thinking of me. Or when they see a, a funny Target meme, they're thinking of me. So that's really helpful. The other thing is that that type of content accelerates the no like trust factor. So when we think about marketing online, we need people to know us, like us, and then trust us. Well, when we're sharing content like that, it helps accelerate that whole process because we're giving them a quicker way to connect with us. We're giving them something to know about us. We're giving them something to like about us because they like that about themselves, unless their target obsession is a little too obsessive. Um, and then they're giving, we're building trust with them really quickly because they're like, oh yeah, like they're like us, right? So that content's really valuable in that way as well. So then what happens when you accelerate the no like trust factor and you have a really strong relationship with your audience is that selling becomes unnecessary almost because you're no longer selling or pitching something. You're simply offering them the opportunity to buy something that can benefit their life in whatever way. And it allows you to step into this role of, I want to help you with this product. I'm not trying to sell you something to make money off of you or to, to make, you know, to pull something over on you. I just want to help you. And if you want this thing, here's how you can get your hands on it. If you don't want it, that's okay too. And when you create that content that's personal and that is really giving those people those personal connections with you, it makes that whole process of selling and, and promoting things so much easier. And for me personally, it helps me do it with a lot more integrity, uh, with an, a lot more ethical way because I believe in it. I know my audience trusts me and I'm just offering them the chance to buy something. That's great. So do you have another question? Um, I do have so, a, like a mindset tweak. I had a really hard time with being known as like the labels person and, you know, always feeling like I was asking my friends and family to support me or, you know, buy my labels. And the thing that I found really effective was that just like what you said of being known for something that you naturally align with, you know, so then even if I was the labels person, I had to do this tweak where I have to think of it as they know me as that. And then they're able to refer me to somebody that actually needs to buy labels, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, Hey, just support me no matter what I'm selling. I'm like, okay, well, th now they can just tag me or refer me or I've become known as like someone who you can refer, right? So I'm working for the referral and not so much the sale. And I think oh, that so immensely good. helps, you know? Yeah. And so then I didn't feel like the salesy, you know, salesperson, salesy salesperson. You get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that really helped too. And that's exactly what you do. It's like, I feel like you do it without, you do it so naturally. You go for the referral and, and even if I'm not going to be in, you know, follower or fan to follower society, I will know that you are the Instagram guy that I love so much that I will refer to people because I trust you and, you know, I'm just more than willing to help in that way. I think that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And that's why we talk, that's why we talk so much about fans, right? Like mm -hmm. fans are one of the most valuable things that we can have in business because fans help amplify our message because they talk about our business on our behalf. Right. And it, it takes the, the load off of us. And, you know, I think social media has in a lot of ways made us forget the power of word of mouth marketing and networking, but social media is just a way to accelerate and amplify word of mouth marketing and networking, right? That's all it does. That's all it is. Yeah. So if we just remember it, yeah. 
we did an episode called Upping Your Social Currency, and um, it was something like people are four times more likely to buy if somebody that they know does a story on it. And I bought the ice roller, which is like something you roll on your face because I saw it in my Insta story. And then Jacqueline, even when I was like, have you ever heard of the ice roller? And she's like, no, tell me what it is. I want to buy it. You know, <laughs> because we naturally are like that, right? Because I, I totally agree. It's like, you know, it's just making us more accessible or able to get our message out, you know, to more people. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even know what the ice roller was. And then Jacqueline went, but we're just, you know, like if you, if she's buying it, then of course it must be something awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. Like bulletproof coffee was something I saw. Like, oh, that's all we know, do. Right. <laughs> yes. Like for a long time, I just saw like, you know, like bros talking about it. And then I started like so all my the entrepreneur people I follow started posting about it. And I was like, oh, geez, Louise, fine. I'll put some Kerrygold on my coffee and see how it tastes. I know. I was so yeah. unsure about it. And then I finally tried. I was like, hey, this is not that bad. <laughs> And I've told my husband to reduce my MC2 oil. So I, my husband does like, he does the whole thing. He buys the bag. Hello, peasant. Bring me peasant. my bulletproof coffee. It's like a little <laughs> coffee shop. Um, he makes it because he's like super, he follows everything. He's like, I have to get the coffee because there's no mold in it and da, da, da. And he'll do the whole thing. Meanwhile, Mina has her Keurig hack. Like, this is how I do it with a Keurig. And so we also, Love that's it. something we chat about because it's sort of our, like, we're, we don't eat till about two o'clock in the afternoon naturally. Yeah. It's called fasting, but we're really just forgetting. <laughs> yeah. I think that one of the things that people were so religious about Bulletproof Coffee, and that's what hindered me too, is like, I, it made me feel like, oh, I should be doing it a certain way. Then I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw an Insta story of somebody doing Keurig cup. I think it was Megan Minns, actually. She uses the Keurig cup. I was like, hey, I can use a Keurig cup, I guess it's okay if I, you know, modify this. And so I use a Cura cup. I use a hand blender and, you know, I still use ghee and, and MCT oil and everything, but that's just my version. And you know what? It's okay. I lost three pounds, by the way, guys. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> Was that because of the bulletproof or because you were forgetting to eat? Um, who freaking knows? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I just weighed myself today and I've been weighing myself fully clothed. I was like three pounds. Wow. This must be this bulletproof coffee and this fasting combination. <laughs> and our walks in the morning. Um, so Tyler, we like to jump into some like quick, like rapid fire questions that are yeah. fun questions. Let's do it. So my first question to you before my get into it is, do you get coffee when you go to Target? Um, I, I go to Starbucks. I'm actually, I don't drink coffee anymore. Okay. Um, so I'll have a decaf situation every now and then. I'm an okay. iced chai fan though. So yes, every time, like what's a Target trip without Starbucks in your hand? Literally why I wanted to ask you because my husband and I, we've lived in so many different places and always Target, like even when we lived in Manhattan, Target was our kind of like you enter the doors and it's all the same. So you've got Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And so instead of the hustle and bustle of like New York and the snow trying to walk your body around the city, you walk into Target and it's like, oh, I can have a coffee. I can just peruse the aisles. And so it's still our thing. Like if there's some Starbucks at that Target, we are not going to that Target. Yeah. That yeah. cup holder is so confusing. Like I hate oh. stopping people, you know, uh, workers to ask for help. I'd rather be walking around and perusing and have to find it myself, honestly, than have to ask somebody that's just like one of my things. And I had to stop and like hunt for somebody and find them to ask them, how do you put this coffee holder on this coffee? Yeah. You know, it's so tricky. And he's like, oh yeah, you have to really force it in there. So I must not have been the first person to ask them. <laughs> we luckily are our, our like go-to target 
the carts have built-in cup holders. Which oh, I'm, wow. Fancy. It's like, yeah. I know, right? It's like between the, the handle and the cart and there's like a little shelf for you to put your phone and put your coffee. It's incredible. We need to get that over up in here in Jersey because I stick mine between my children. I'm like, I'm getting an iced coffee to burn you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my first question then, which you kind of answered, but I'll just ask you again. And then is what is your coffee order? So it's a chai tea. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's a grande iced chai with whole milk and light ice. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so what is the favorite thing on your desk? Oh, oh my God, so many things. Uh, well, first of all, my desk is a hot mess. It is covered, <laughs> and I have all my receipts for the year that have not been cataloged yet. I have stacks of notes for the week. Um, I have a few things. I have a lot of crystals that I love. Um, but the two things I have that I love are these two books that are actually heritage books from the county where I grew up. One was published in 1995, and the other was published in 2008. They both belong to my grandmother, and they tell the whole history of the county and like the founding families. And in the 2008 edition, I got to write an entire article that's published in that book. So I have it on my desk. It makes me so happy. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Shout out to that county, North Carolina. What county is it? Transylvania County. Transylvania? God, I wasn't right? expecting I know. that. It means through the woods, everyone. Okay. There aren't, there aren't, dra- there aren't uh, vampires. vampires there. Okay. <laughs> but they do have a vampire 5K every year and Halloween's a big deal. Y'all, it was very like, it was very Stars Hollow, Gilmore Girls growing up there, like festivals all the time, Halloween festival, Christmas festival. So uh, white, there are white squirrels there, which is, there's only a few places where white squirrels actually live. They're not albino squirrels, they're white squirrels. So they have a white squirrel festival every spring. It's incredible. You should check. The Land of Waterfalls, the most waterfalls per square mile in the continental United States. Just go check it out. This is a free ad for Transylvania County. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get tourism shoots. Right. All of a sudden. It's gorgeous. It's it's stunningly beautiful. Forget Waco. We're all on our way to you next. (laughs) Transylvania. (laughs) Unicorn. Like that's the new unicorn is the white squirrel. We're dubbing it right here. The new unicorn. Just go Google them. They're so cute. (laughs) They're so adorable. All right. So I probably could probably answer this for you, but maybe we'll surprise us. But finish this sentence. When I pick up my phone, I... Um, yeah, I open Instagram. <laughs> I, or I, like, I read a text message and I respond in my head, but I don't actually respond via text <laughs> message in my life. I walked up to someone the other day. I was like, did I email you or did I dream it? Because I was supposed to send you an email. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, yeah, that's very on brand for me as well. Yeah. Okay. You wish you knew how to. Oh, that's a good one. I wish I knew how to, I wish I knew how to fix car things more. I like don't know enough about how to fix a car. I mean, nobody does. <laughs> I mean, I know that's boring. I wish I could like, wouldn't it be cool though if your car was acting up and you could like diagnose it? I, yeah. like, I don't oh, there's, how there's tools. You can plug them in and they do that now. I saw okay. that the other day. But he I means like lift up the hood and like, <laughs> and you're like, I can pull out my tool from my back. Yeah. Uh, no, like it was all like growing up, there would be something wrong with the car and my dad could just like listen to it and fix it. I'm like, how yeah. did you, you're, you're literally a witch. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> I wish I could just change a tire and not have to call AAA, but that's a whole other yeah, thing. That'd be nice too. <laughs> not me. I don't wish any of that stuff. Yeah. I'm glad I can call somebody that will do all that stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was the last show you binge watched? Oh, um, I think it was the most, the, not the newest season, but the most recent complete season of Shameless. Oh yeah. Did you watch this season? So boring. So long. (laughs) The newest one? Yeah. And it's Fiona's last one. It was such a disappointment. I haven't watched it yet. It wasn't nearly enough. (laughs) Yeah. It was very like, I stopped like 
five times. And I was like, oh, I got to get through this. Uh, no, I hate when that happens. How I, feel I know. About they were to like too sober, too. Oh. It was, uh. Jacqueline, you've got to get to the end of Scandal. It is so I'm in terrible. season seven. I'm like, I know. <laughs> oh my God. It is so bad. I just need to complete this. I just need to get through it. <laughs> I love Shonda, but I'm like, girl, what happens to you about season three? She and Ryan Murphy both, they like lose it around season three or episode. She went on a vacation and wrote a book. <laughs> the year of yes to every send me. <laughs> Put up there. It's a mess. Oh my God, it's a mess. <laughs> all right. Well, what should the title on your business card actually say? Oh, well, first of all, I don't even have business cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I, the title on my business card should say, I don't know why I gave you this business card. Just follow me on Instagram. <laughs> it's true. Update my bio. Um, <laughs> do you um, do you have an alter ego or stage persona, sort of like Beyonce? Oh, interesting question. I don't think I really do. No, I think I'm pretty like, kind of like what you see is what you get. Tyler who dances on Instagram stories is the Tyler you'll get. Yeah. I think I'm, I think the only difference, like Eric would probably, my partner Eric would probably tell you I'm like a little more corny in real life than I actually am on the internet. Like I like to think I'm a little cooler than I am. (laughs) I'm not. All of us. And then, um, and this actually comes from Coach Glitter. So she basically said that she feels like entrepreneur years are like dog years. And so you just, you learn a lot very quickly. So our question to you then would be, what would you tell baby Tyler now that you didn't know back then? Ooh, oh my God, I love this question. I would tell him to charge more, to... (laughs) um, to not be too comfortable. I, so I did the thing when I left my full-time job where we saved up a lot. We were like ready to like pay bills. So like we, we, were, we were prepared. And for me, that just made me really comfortable my first year in entrepreneurship because I was like, oh, I got it covered. I don't have to work that hard. Mm. So I'd say don't get too comfortable, charge more money and um, stop trying to do all the things. You don't need to. Yep, yeah, good advice. Not all the things. So yeah. tell, our, um, tell our listeners how they can find you. All right. So of course, Instagram is the best place to find me at Tyler J. McCall. I'd love to hear from you. Any big takeaways from today's episode, any questions, feel free to send me a direct message. I'd be happy to to answer. And then if you want to learn more about Instagram, you want to learn my complete system for using Instagram for your business, you can check out freeinstagramclass.com for a free on-demand masterclass. I'm going to walk you through my four-part Instagram system, talk about some of the mistakes you may be making and how to up your game on the gram. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tyler. Thanks for having me. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there.